Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. We are anticipating another rate hike that's going to happen for the Bank of Canada as there is a call to do something about inflation. And we're watching it, turning our heads in the grocery store. Everything is going up. Just reading a price of a 1,000 square foot rental apartment in the city of Toronto, over $3,000 a month. Mm -hmm. We have focused very much as we talk about the price of things and it's being used politically on a demographic that can't buy a house, and that is feeling this. But there are other demographics. What is this like for people about to retire or in retirement? Joining me is Laura Tamblin Watts, the founder, president, and CEO of Can Age. Laura, good evening. Thank you for being here. Thank you. Bit forgotten, this group. Retirement, about to retire, a lot of focus on those who are starting out and can't buy a house. And I understand that. I mean, youth and despair, but also this has thrown a lot of people in retirement into a little bit of an age of worry here. It's a real worry. So we're seeing inflation creeping up, but also our consumer price index. That's the cost of the basic goods and services that we use every day. Just to give you a sense, it's been hovering less than 1% typically. It is now this month at 6.7%. And when you're looking at trying to make your fixed income dollars stretch farther, we know that the government pensions aren't indexed all the way up. So you'll get a bit of a bump up maybe 1%, but that's a 5.7% spread. And what that means in everyday language is that people who are trying to retire or people who are already on fixed income are going to have a much harder time affording things. And they must be worried about it. I mean, there were a lot of retired people who would sell their house, maybe rent a place. Now that rentals, that whole scenario is out of the question. Or they went to a smaller place. There are not that many places. In fact, in many areas, there are no new places at all. It has kind of thrown people's lifelong plans into a spin here, Laura. Absolutely. And so there's some real misapprehension about older people and housing. Lots of younger people will say, you know, they should just downsize. We need a house. Give it over to us. And that's really a quite ignorant thing to say, because, of course, when you own a house and perhaps you've owned it for a long time, you have the ability, if you're on a fixed income, to defer your taxes, which can be really helpful for low-income people who may own a house but can't keep the house up or can't pay the taxes. And they can't actually afford to downsize for a couple reasons. One, the rental market is, in some cases, more expensive than the ownership market. Mm -hmm. And two, those constant costs of moving are just 
impossible for many older people. The last thing is people want to stay in their own communities. And we know how important it is for people to stay connected in their communities. So having to move far outside of a city to afford something smaller is actually going to harm people. How are people coping? What can they do right now? I mean, how can they get around this? People are really worried. And as you can imagine, that's going to be a, a big issue. We have to kind of carve out two types of people, and it tends to be generational. So if we talk about the greatest generation, so in this case, we're talking about, you know, the older old, so people sort of 80 plus, they tend to be savers. So they're usually in a better position in the sense that they probably didn't actually get themselves into a lot of debt. And they're looking at trying to stretch their dollars, but they probably don't have as much debt. So that means when inflation goes up, they're in slightly less of a damaging circumstance. And then we have really the boomers, and they are the most indebted generation we've ever had. And oh, on average, about $1.70 for every dollar they own. People are retiring with mortgage debt, which has frankly never Mm. happened before. And a lot of credit card debt and other home equity debts. And so what that means is, they're at risk of losing their homes or they're at risk of losing their other assets because the degree of indebtedness will be too problematic when the income to interest rate ratio rises. So two different segments, each under real pressure. And many people, I I would imagine, are are saying, well, I just can't retire. Are they Mm -hmm. jumping back in? And when they do jump in, we know that there's lots of jobs, but they're probably at a different income level. Very much the case. We know people who have been planning to retire who are simply looking at things and saying, no, I've got another five years. Like, we're not talking another six months. We're talking Mm -hmm. another half decade Mm -hmm. onward. So this is a big shift for a lot of people who were making plans in the near future that have simply changed. We're also seeing, of course, that if people are coming back into the labor market, they're having a really hard time getting hired mostly because of ageism. And so smart companies have actually started looking at older workers as great, Mm -hmm. stable, savvy workers who are, in fact, more stable than younger workers. But there's a lot of ageism, so it's really hard to get hired. And if they're getting hired, they're probably getting hired at lower rates. So a lot of people will be coming back into the market, but not maybe where they would like to be. You know, you used the word ageism twice. We heard it during the pandemic. And I interviewed doctors who were really looking into it. And is it becoming, are we hearing that a lot more now? And are people listening? I think so. The World Health Organization just released a global ageism report and also looked at Canada in addition. And we know that about one in two Canadians is profoundly ageist. It's the single most prevalent form of discrimination in Canada and the world. And we're not short of kinds of discrimination. So that's really saying something. You know, I just challenge you to go into a greeting card store and look at what the birthday cards sound like. Mm -hmm. And then imagine any other type of ism. So can you imagine laughing about race or disability or gender? It's Mm -hmm. ridiculous. You would never, never do that. But this permeates our own society. And frankly, you know, it's really hard for people in business that are worried about aging out. Just to give you a sense of things, Silicon Valley 
has ageism being profound for people over 35 <laughs> because the tech sector is so young. So you don't have to be really old to be affected by ageism. No, no, it's true. You said that. I remember feeling, I think I was 37 when all of a sudden I looked at, and I'd always been so young and I, mm. you know, started high school very young and skipped. And, and then mm. at 37, I went, oh, this is different, <laughs> and nobody feels sorry for you at thirty-seven. However, it was it was a traumatic feeling. But there's one thing I'm going to ask you, though. I mean, mm -hmm. the boomers uh, know how to. This isn't their first rodeo on changing <laughs> things. I mean, do they have to get out the uh, uh, the uh, puka beads and the tie dye and start feeling that power again? We're starting to see some of it happen. I mean, we're starting to see some more representation in the media, some more representation in terms of magazines. Elon Musk's wife, uh, sorry, mother was on the front cover yeah. of Sports Illustrated. We're starting to see it, but it's just really beginning in the conversation. But what's going to be interesting is how we match ageism to our major labor force crunch mm -hmm. because we are already enormously short of workers and it's only going to get more dire as that funnel shape comes with Gen X being that middle point and we need more people to stay in the labor force longer. We simply don't have as a society um, any desire to get rid of people, but that ageism is still trying to get people to age out. And so we want people to be able to stay in the labor force for as long as they want to. And we need employers to get their head around that. And at the same time, we need to be aware that many people, particularly women who may have been in and out of the labor force or newcomers, will experience later life poverty in a different way. And so we need to make sure that things like our public pension plans are indexed in a way that's meaningful so people don't fall into profound poverty with our consumer price index and inflation rising. Is it getting reaction? I mean, we're about to go to the polls in this province in a couple of days. Did it get enough reaction? I know you could hear there was a lot of concern from some medical authorities and doctors during the pandemic, mm. but what about during the time where it counts, the voting? Well, older adults are the number one biggest voting block. About 89% of Ontarians who are over 65 vote, so it is pretty profound. And 72% of Canadians who are over 65 vote in every single election, whether it's municipal right on up to federal. So it's an important issue. But we haven't seen the conversation amongst our four major parties really about affordability and, and poverty in later life. And there hasn't been enough for that matter, even at the federal level for it either. So it's a missing conversation. We're starting to see some attention, of course, being given to long-term care, which, of course, only helps about 5% of the population. But we have about 40,000 people on the waiting list. And I, I challenge you to think of any other type of group that's so ignored and yet it's supposed to be so powerful. So it really is ageism in action when we're thinking about it even in the how uh, the discourse for the election has been rolling out. Laura Tablin-Watts, thank you. Founder, President, and CEO of Can Age. Take care, Laura. Thank, thank you. you. Okay, 37. If you're not 37, you may think of me when you turn 37. This is On Point. I'm Arlene Bynum.